I appreciate it. That was like it broke the ice because I was wondering what I was gonna say first, but now I get to acknowledge that. Um, I'm a little weary that I have to go up now after Rob. I was uh, I was expecting to be the best speaker today, but <laughs> I was told that asking questions to God is one of the easiest way to grow in deep relationship with God. Like just difficult questions. And it kind of ties in to what um, Rob was talking about. And the question that I kept asking God today, um, yesterday, the day before, was essentially just like, why was Pentecost that special? I understand what happened. Um, for anybody that goes to church every year, you get the message over and over again about Pentecost. So we understand what happened. You know, you, you, you go back to a place to where <laughs> John the Baptist baptized Jesus, spirit descends like a dove. This is my son whom I am well pleased. He goes out, he gets disciples, they follow him. They forsake all. He gives them opportunities, gives them a little inkling of the spirit so they can go forth, show forth power, sent them out in twos. Then he gets to a point to where I gotta explain to you that I gotta go, he leaves. In that leaving, it was his death, he dies in he rises in three days. He comes back. He shows himself to a woman. He shows himself to the disciples. Thomas wasn't there. Then Thomas is there. He shows himself to the men on the road. He shows himself to hundreds of people. And then days go by where he's, he's, he's with the disciples after he breathes on them. And he says, I want you to go to this place and I want you to stay there until the power comes. Ten days later, the power actually shows up. Can we read the scriptures? It's Acts chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together. They were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? I asked them to stop the verse right there because in verse eight, there's all after verse eight, there's all of these like places that I can't pronounce. <laughs> so I figured that would be the best place for me to just stop, go right into the word. One of the questions that I asked God was there's a, there's a scripture that like blows my mind. And it's when Jesus is with the disciples and he says, it is expedient for you that I go. And what he, what he goes forth to tell him is that I have to leave so that I can, I can, I can send forth the Holy Spirit. He's going to be, uh, he says, another advocate for you. Anytime you get another something, that means you already had something. So he was saying, I am your advocate, but I got another advocate for you. So much important in this advocate that I think that it would be better for you that he is here with you than me. In my opinion, this is what Jesus is saying. In another scripture, he says, I'm going to send you another comforter. Jesus was our comforter, but he also was letting us know, I got another comforter as dope as well. 
So I asked Jesus or I asked God or I asked the Holy Spirit. I said, why is this scripture so important? So that's a question I kind of want to go into today. It's just the why. The why of Pentecost. The why of the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is it so important? And a word that I'm going to use a lot today is active ingredient. Everybody look at somebody next to you, behind you, in front of you, say active ingredient. I just wanted to make sure y'all said that today. So a couple of days ago, I'm in the bedroom. Candace tells Caleb to go take a shower. So... Um, Caleb was real wishy-washy when it comes to showers. Sometimes he wants to be in the shower for 45 minutes. Sometimes he don't want to take a shower at all. It's just a boy. So he gets in the shower. He's by himself. And out of nowhere, what I hear him say is, I don't understand why I got to take this shower. I'm strong. I'm healthy. And then he continues to sing whatever song it was that he was singing. So when he gets out the shower, by the time he's getting out of the shower, Candace is coming in the room. So I'm dying laughing. I'm like, babe, Caleb's in the shower. And he's like, I'm strong. I'm healthy. I don't know why I got to take this shower. So I said, Caleb, you strong. You healthy. Why you got to take this shower? He said, I don't know, daddy. I eat my vegetables. I eat my fruits. I'm strong. I'm healthy. So Candace says, well, stop lying, boy. You don't eat no vegetables. You don't eat no fruits. Now, I have never seen this dude eat a vegetable or fruit. You have to, like, put it in applesauce form or some type of drink for him. to. Like, he don't like no fruits. He don't like no vegetables. I could go into story after story of me trying to force this dude to eat fruits and vegetables, but that would take away from my time in the Word. So while I'm talking to Caleb, I try to explain to him that you cannot be healthy without the fruits or the vegetables, because the fruits and the vegetables are the active ingredient in your health. So understand what I mean when I say an active ingredient. There's an active ingredient in the church. And this was the first thing that God was starting to show me when I was asking him why. He said, you have active ingredients at Third Street. Now, an active ingredient is any component that provides activity or directly affects in the diagnosis, the cure, the mitigation, the treatment, the prevention, or to affect the structure and function of the body. Ooh. An active ingredient is something that they put into something to actually bring forth a cure to the body. Now, if you only have the active ingredient, it would bring forth so many symptoms and side effects that they have to add some inactive ingredients to the pill for the pill to be able to actually make sure you don't have all the side effects that they say at 90 miles per hour at the end of the commercials. God was showing me, he said, in your church, you have active ingredients, but you also have inactive ingredients. So the active ingredient is the component, I'm going to say the person that provides activity or directly affects the diagnosis to cure the mitigation. It reduces the pain. When the pain is reduced, the treatment is less, which brings forth prevention and it directly affects the structure of our body. Now, the side effects of the active ingredient are peace, their joy, their love, their long-suffering right? They're the fruit of the spirit. So the people in the body that are the active ingredient, 
They are the reason why we have the cure that we see in our community. But the people that are inactive, they are just helping make up the whole. It's not good. The whole sermon is not going to be that rough, I promise you. I just had to break down the active ingredient part because I wanted to get to the why. Why is Pentecost so important? So in John chapter 20, Jesus, he breathes on the disciples. And my struggle with John chapter 20 and Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 is like, how many times can you get the Holy Spirit? Like, is it leaving us? Is it, is it there temporarily? And then, like, what's happening here? Why do they keep getting filled over and over again, right? So in John chapter 20, Jesus breathes on the disciples. And, and when he breathes on the disciples, he gives them just enough for them to be able to see who he is. And when he gave them just enough for them to be able to see who he is, he then goes forth and he says, now I'm going to tell you that you have the ability, the word that will be able to remit other people's sins. And when you tell them something that I've told you, they will be forgiven. He's not telling them that they have the ability to forgive sins. He says, now that I breathed on you, you now have the ability to speak forth my word. And then in Acts chapter two, some days have passed. And this is my first point. My first point is one accord, one place. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was full, fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, accord, the word accord, it means mind. They were all in one mind, in one place. Now, my original thought process was to go back through the Bible and try to figure out how many disagreements did the disciples have? How many times did they not agree with what Jesus said, not agree with what they said, not agree with the place that they were going, not agree with the place that they were going and the people that were going to be there? But to be completely honest with you, I kind of had a busy weekend and I just didn't do it. But. Everybody in here knows that the disciples were from different places. They had different thoughts. They were going back and forth with Jesus. They were telling him he wasn't going to die. They were telling him this is the wrong place that we should be going. They were saying this is the wrong direction. They were saying we don't have enough fish. We don't have enough bread. It's too late. We shouldn't be going here. It's raining. What are you doing? Are you still asleep? Do you not see the water that's in the boat? There's a lot of times that they just were not on one accord in one place. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 11, it says it like this. It says, no one knows the thoughts in another person has only the person's spirit that lives inside knows those thoughts. It is the same with God. No one knows God's thoughts except God's spirit. We receive the spirit that is from God, not the spirit of the world. We receive God's spirit so that we can know all that God has given us. When we say this, we don't use words taught to us by human wisdom. We use words taught to us by the spirit. Now we use the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. People who do not have God's spirit do not accept the things that come from his spirit. I'm going to say that one more time. People who do not have God's spirit do not accept 
things that come from his spirit. They think these things are foolish. Why? Because they cannot understand them. Why? Because they can only be understood with the spirit's help. We who have the spirit are able to make judgments about all things but anyone without the spirit is not able to make proper judgments about us as the scriptures say who can know what is on the lord's mind who is able to give him advice but we have been given christ's way of thinking the bible says that when they had the mind of christ first corinthians chapter 2 says at the end that they had the mind of christ and they were in one accord in one place they weren't worried about who was a republican or who was a democrat they wasn't worried about who voted for who or who didn't vote they weren't worried about is this a reason that i should be able to have a gun in my house or are you trying to take my gun away they weren't worried about the things that the world argues about but they were only thinking of the things that are on the mind of Christ and it said as soon as I'm trying to explain something as slowly as I can but I know I talk real fast in John chapter 20 they received the spirit of God that gave them the ability to not only see him but understand the word good enough just good enough to speak it but once they got on one accord the Bible says suddenly I'm gonna read it from the KJV there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Corey broke down to me when I first met him why we have this building. Water break. What Corey said was, he said there was a space, right? And this space was in need of someone that would come forth and give them a space. And what he said was, he said when he occupied that space, the people then were in need of a word. The Bible tells me that when God breathed on them, he gave them the ability to give forth a word. He said when the word went forth, community was built. Once community was built, then the church naturally formed and was in need of a pastor. He never wanted to be the pastor, but that's what God called him to do. He said sometimes people go out and they try to build a church, but the mission is what God wants you to build. I'm here to tell you that what we've tried to do is we tried to separate the mission from the church. How can you separate mission from church? We actually say we go on mission trips, meaning that we're leaving the. We are trying to imagine creating a cake, taking all the ingredients, mixing it together, putting it in the oven, allowing for it to get to completion. Now you have a church. Take the cake out and then go back in the cake and try to take the ingredients out that it took to create the cake in the first place. How can you take the mission, which is the ingredient of the church, out of the church? God gave us the holy. See, I'm now I'm getting to point three. We still on point one. The church is the ecclesia. It's the community of believers. What Corey did was he followed the mission and the mission created a community of believers. 
Before this church was here, it was a community of what question mark do you want to put right there? Because it wasn't a community of believers right here. But when he followed the mission of God, now we have a community of believers. Now the cup is getting a little bit more full. Now you can do a little bit more in the community. How many active ingredients do we have at Third Street? Because trust me when I tell you, God did not create Corey to create community for it to stop here. My second point is Jesus pushed sin. Everybody here knows Sylvia. Go ahead and wave at him, Sylvia. Now, her husband is mad right now because I said her name. I tr- trust me when I tell you he is. <laughs> now, Sylvia has a mission. Many. One of the things that she does for me is she cooks. She cooks on Saturday for the factory. So one day she hits me up. She says, KT, I, I am in need of fulfilling my mission. Are we having the factory today? Now, as I say this, Literally, Abby is mad at me right now for all the different times that she's had to text me and ask me, are we having the factory, right? So I type out the message to send to Sylvia. She probably texts me at 8 o'clock. Factory starts at 1 o'clock. About 2.35, I go back to my phone to look at my message. I've never clicked send. She still has no clue whatsoever if we're having a factor. So I click send late. So I figured it's better to just send her something than not send her something at all. And I said, I forgot to click send. But yes, we are having a factory. Sylvia did not text me again until like the next Tuesday. (laughs) But I was doing so much that I forgot to click send. Jesus said it like this. He said, as my father has sent me, so I send you. He said, it is expedient that I go so I can send you a comforter, so I can send you an advocate. He said, there are greater works that you're going to do than what I have already done. The reason that he sent the Spirit when he was explaining to me the why was because he always pushes, he always pushes sin. It is our responsibility not to send a text message, to be sent out. When I didn't send out my message, it left her incapable of doing her mission. How many times have you been holding back someone else's mission because you have not sent forth yourself out? Now there becomes the the question of why won't you send yourself out? Because Jesus already sent the message. It would be like me saying, 
If I send a text message to Jeremy or Jordan and I tell them that they have to take out the trash, I did my part. I pushed sin. Jesus always pushes sin. But once you receive the message, it is now on you to actually fulfill what you have received from Jesus. There is not a human being in here that has not received the message of Christ. And I guarantee you, if we would just fulfill the message that he has sent you, we would see so much better in the community. I'm asking you again, are you being the active ingredient or are you just making up the rest of the pill? There's no reason for COVID to be more contagious than peace. Jesus breathed on the disciples. Woo! Just imagine if the disciples had a, a, a was it N95 mask on. What I have for you is so contagious that I need to be close enough to you to breathe on you. Because the peace that he has, it, it, it surpasses all understanding. And the only way that I'm going to be able to give it to you is if I can get close enough to you to breathe on you and explain to you my testimony, to explain to you who I used to be, to explain to you the children. I had a dream once that my children woo, were standing at my, at my, at my casket. And their shirts all had different names on it. Mm. One of the shirts said divorced. One of the shirts said abused. Mm. One of the shirts said dis... One of the shirts said discouraged. One of the shirts said broken. One of the... Each kid had a different name. And they were standing at my casket. And what I realized originally in the dream was my wife wasn't there. The reason why my wife wasn't there was because in that point in my life, I wasn't treating her right. So much so that if I died, she wouldn't have showed up. But the thing that was the title on each one of my children's names on, on their shirt was where I was about to lead them. But I can tell you now with every tear that is flowing out of my mouth, I mean out of my eyes, that I am the active ingredient in each one of my children's life right now. I'm trying to tell you that no matter what it is that you went through as a child, as a teenager, as an adult, as an old adult, as a seasoned adult, as an elder, no matter where it is that you are in your life, God is capable of breathing on you. He's capable of changing around your life. He's, he's capable of making you one accord in one place so that he can be the active ingredient for you to be the active ingredient in someone else's life. What God has for you, he, he has it for you for other people. Don't think that, that don't get so caught up in your own kingdom that you don't see his. When it gets to uh, John chapter 19, it is somewhere in the Bible. I can't remember exactly where it's at. Corey, no. It, it, tells, it says that the disciples were talking to Jesus, and Jesus is trying to explain to them what's about to happen next. And out of nowhere, someone, one of the disciples says, well, well, hold on, before you leave, 
What's going to happen to the kingdom of Israel? He's talking about all the great things that are about to happen, and they're like, but you still going to be the warrior king, right? Like, you're still going to do something for me, right? I don't know exactly where it's at. Otherwise, I would go to it. I'll read it for you. But I know it's somewhere in there. Just trust me. (laughs) My last point. He did this in spite of you for all. It is better that I go, the, the importance of the Holy Spirit, the why. He said, I did this in spite of you for all, in spite of your fears. In spite of all the things that have been holding you back. In spite of all the doubt. Every time Jesus showed up after he, after he died, the doors was locked. Not only were they keeping out the thing that they feared, but they were trying to keep out anything. Sometimes fear will put you in a place to where you don't want anything to get in. However, even though the doors were always locked, Jesus always found his way in. That's why as soon as he would show up, he would say, peace. Because just imagine if you lock all your doors and all your windows and some dude that you don't recognize just hopped up in your living room out of nowhere. Even if he said, peace be unto you, I'm still grabbing for my gun. Because until he breathed on them, they still ain't know who he was. But just the voice of God, even though they did not recognize who he was, when he said peace, they still had peace. Jesus said it's like this in the Bible. He says, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. I always thought that when Jesus said, knock, and it shall be opened, that that meant he was going to open a door that I could go inside. Jesus told me, he told me, he told me, he told me that when you knocked, I didn't open the door to let you in. I opened the door to let you out. I opened the door because there were some things that I had to let you out of. I'm letting you out of depression. I'm letting you out of hard times. I'm, I'm letting you out. I'm letting you out of suicidal thoughts. I'm letting you out. I'm, I'm letting you out of, of those tearful nights. I'm letting you out. I'm, I'm letting you out of thinking you're not good enough. I'm, I'm letting you out of thinking you're not the right size, thinking you're not the right shape, thinking you're not the right height, thinking you're not beautiful enough. I'm letting you out. I'm letting you out of thinking that you don't have the right gender. I'm letting you out. I'm, thinking, I'm letting you out of thinking that you're not smart enough, thinking that you're not intelligent enough, thinking that you don't have a good enough education. I'm letting you out. I hope that you hear what Jesus is telling you right now. I'm I'm letting you out of thinking that the job is not yours. I'm, I'm letting you out of thinking that that woman is going to continue to do what she's doing. I'm, I'm, letting you, I'm letting you out of thinking that you're not prepared. I'm, I'm letting you out of thinking that you're not enough. I'm letting you out. Seek. Ask. Knock. And he's going to let you out. Why? So you can look at the door? So you can stand right here? No, I'm letting you out so you can be sent. The things that you're fearful of are keeping you inside. But I'm trying to let you out. Come up here real quick, Batty. Abracadabra. This is my guy right here. Uh, If you came to the awards, this is who they say I love the most. The, The disciple they say I love the most. 
would, would you say, with, 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 and, and he has no clue what he's doing right now. I just asked him, was he cool with getting wet? He was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> would you say, truthfully and honestly, you would be where you are today if I wasn't sent? No. Now, I'm not bragging. Anybody that knows me know that I don't do that, only about my wife. But what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to show you is, I'm trying to show you that me being sent, if only it has changed one life, it has changed one life. Now, when God fills you up, the Bible says he wants to fill you up until you overflow. Yes. Each time he gave the disciples the Holy Spirit, it was because they were filled and then something would happen that would bring them lower. Yes. Life is going to do that to you. Life is going to put you in a place and a space that each time God uses you, the spirit of God is going to go a little bit lower and lower, right? So if this is the Holy Spirit and this is what God has done for me, each time that God filled me up, those that are connected to me, he can't help but get a little wet. My overflow don't just affect me. But it affects every single person that I'm connected to. God is trying to put you in a space to where each time he affects your life, somebody else's life is affected. But he cannot affect you in the living room. He can't affect you if you're still Thomas being the doubter when everybody else is somewhere else. He can't affect you if you're being an inactive ingredient, being in a body, but the only thing you're doing is preventing side effects. Because preventing side effects in the kingdom is preventing peace. We already said what the side effects of the active ingredient is. So if you're not an active ingredient, you're, you're affecting someone's peace. You're taking away the side effects of love. You're taking away the side effects of grace. You're taking away the side effects of being long-suffering and being patient. Today, Pentecost is celebrated because of the active ingredients that are willing to step out when God said, sin, bless up. 